0: Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting and jam-packed episode of Modern Day Philosophers. I am Danny Lobel. I know it's been a while. I know it's been a while, but I'm back. And I miss you guys. And I'm married. And I, we got married. It was beautiful. We went to the Midwest as a sort of honeymoon where I did the Milwaukee Comedy Festival and went to Minnesota and picked up my records which are finally finally available now uh and you can get them they're 25 dollars. they're vinyl there are only a hundred of them in the world that exist it's a limited press it's a it's a rare and highly collectible (laughs) i love when people tell you things are collectible it's collectible but there really are only a hundred of them actually there's only 97 of them because one is for me one is for Dan Schlissel, who runs stand-up records, who put out the album. And one of them was already sold. So there are only 97 left. And uh, you can message me at yahoo.com if you'd like to get one, and I can tell you how to do it. But that's, uh, that, that happened. All that exciting stuff happened. I, I, my, my album is on vinyl. There is a wedding ring on my finger. I'm a married man. It's pretty much a lot like how it was before I was married, when I was in a relationship, and we lived together. Only, I think you you argue less, because you're like, ah, we're married now. We're ready. uh, what's to argue about? We're already decided on this, there's no, there's nothing to to discuss, we're in it. We're in it! And it's, uh, it's a great thing. Before we get into today's episode, I should tell you that our guest, the hilarious Owen Benjamin, who some of you know from the show Sullivan & Sons, who showed up, by the way, in a hat knitted by his mom to do the interview. What a sweet guy. And we talked about it. Uh, it was really funny, and I guessed it. I was like, I was like, hey, is that... A, I, and I didn't know this from anything. I just took a guess. I said, did your mom knit that hat? And he goes, uh, yeah, actually she did. And I was like, you know, I wasn't even saying it as a, as a jab. I really thought that looks like the kind of hat a mom would knit. And we mentioned it in the interview, but anyway... Owen Benjamin, really wonderful guy, really funny guy. Has a tour going on now. You go to owenbenjamin.com slash tour after you listen to the episode and you can find out where he is and go and see him live. All right. Uh, other than that, not too much to report. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There is one big thing to report. There are four new chickens in my backyard. It's been a while and we figured it was it was time to refill the coop since uh, since our little chicken... Sonia died, uh, and uh, we have four new chickens. They're little ones, they are not egg-laying yet, but uh, hopefully they will, they will be soon. I get to name two of them. Mine are Minaj and Air Force One. And Kylie named two of them. She named them Sweetie and Bowie. So we have Sweetie, Bowie, Minaj, and Air Force One. And they're all out there in the backyard, growing up, and soon to be laying eggs, hopefully very soon. Uh, Happy Rosh Hashanah, everybody. Uh, This is coming out a little bit before the Jewish New Year, but if you're Jewish, or even if you're not Jewish, and you want something extra to celebrate, it never hurts to have an extra thing, right? Uh, Jewish New Year's is around the corner. Happy Rosh Hashanah. And other than that, I see no reason why we can't just jump right into this podcast, everybody, without further ado, except for the intro song. Here is my talk with the hilarious Mr. Owen Benjamin, ladies and gentlemen enjoy Hello, and welcome to Modern Day Philosophers. Modern
1: Day Philosophers.
0: Having failed to pay attention in school, Danny Lobel, now older and wiser, will attempt to learn Basic Philosophy 101. Our young hero will be joined by today's top comedians, philosophers all their own. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Danny Lobel. Modern Day Philosophers.
1: You comfortable? Very. Very. Like ridiculously comfortable, yeah, yeah. Too tough. comfortable, maybe. I'm losing my edge. Uh oh,
0: you don't want su- to be too comfortable.
1: No, I've just enough. Just I think, just because of my somewhat bad back, I'm never too comfortable. So yeah. I'm like perfect.
0: Why do you have a bad back? Cause just height, okay,
1: yeah. It's just you know, six, seven, you're just fucked.
0: Yeah, you know, I probably should have more sympathy for tall people than I do. Yeah, you never get sympathy. They always clump us together, the fat people and the tall people. In shock. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know? There should, there should be more camaraderie than there
1: is. <laughs> yeah. Well, tall people never get any sympathy for anything. And it's like, I can't go to concerts because everyone just tells me to move until I'm in the back. Really? Yeah. No, it's like a horrible <laughs> experience. Because everywhere you stand, you're like a dick just for standing there. Right. And it's like, you just hear people sigh like, <sighs> and I'm like, what? They're like, I can't see now.
0: What are some other plates of the tall man?
1: Uh, flying, coach, Yeah, the worst. We That's don't why like I'm it. so dedicated to <laughs> Delta. Fat people don't like it either. Oh, dude, I, I feel you.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. that No wonder they put us together.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of similar problems. <laughs> I was uh, 315 pounds at one point, so it's like I remember I had a little bit of both worlds. Where I was like, I was just so massive that everything was a situation.
0: You were big and tall. Yeah. Yeah, because when
1: you're like really big and really tall, it's like, all right, you're just, you have like gravity.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a tough spot to be in, to be tall. and, But the tall usually fights the big, like no matter.
1: Yeah, but 315, you know, you know I was almost 100 pounds heavier than I am right now. So it's like, I just always was taking up a ton of space.
0: How, how did you lose the weight? Uh, I, I always was, think that's a great question. And it's always the answer is, well, you know, I ate better and I well, yeah, exercised.
1: But it, yeah, but it's like I had to go extreme for a bit and then just like major lifestyle changes. For a little while, I was like on the road, I would take a blender and blend like everything green. Like I was crazy intense about it. Really? Because I couldn't just do small changes because I would just stop doing the small changes.
0: How long did it take before you were not blending on the road?
1: Uh, I did that for like six months and then I would still kind of blend sometimes, but I wasn't extreme. And now it's like my diet is just exactly what it used to be, but I just keep the weight off because hmm. like the more lean you get, the easier it is to stay lean because you need more calories to operate your life Right. and just constant water drinking. Hmm. That's, I, was de- I think I was dehydrated for like five years.
0: Do you think being on the road is what put the weight on? For
1: sure. Yeah. eating
0: all that bad food on the road
1: yeah and then the hangovers and uh you know sleep is huge for weight loss like if you don't sleep properly your body holds on to water and calories really yeah
0: Yeah, that's good to know totally so so if you're not sleeping well your body is hanging on to fat
1: yeah because it thinks it's gonna die
0: Hmm.
1: and it's like when you sleep like deep rem you get natural uh human growth hormone and all that shit
0: all so, the pluses when you hit REM. Sweet.
1: I, REM's huge. I got
0: to hit REM. Dude, you got to hit that nice. REM. <laughs> yep. like
1: I'll, I'll put on 10 pounds of water right now in a week if I don't hit that REM consistently. Really? Yeah.
0: Man. I didn't even know about the importance of REM. Dude, REM's
1: huge. <laughs> <laughs> like I got to put REM above diet. Above diet? Yeah. Like good, like hard, not just like. Your eyes are closed, and you just like get out of bed, and you feel unrested. That doesn't do. You have to like have a deep, like consistent sleep.
0: <laughs> I just, I'm imagining this place REM, and you get there, and they're <laughs> like, "Oh, welcome, Owen, <laughs> you're yeah. back again." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always almost there. I never get, you never I, get in, never get into the, the mystical city. They of don't REM. let you
1: in past the gates. Yeah.
0: How can I get into REM? Well, you need this VIP pass. Oh,
1: yeah. You, and also, you can't eat right before bed because you won't be able to get into REM. Oh, They're like, oh, you have a full belly? And you're like, yeah, you're like, no, what, you're going to be sweaty and like scared out there. Because <laughs> that happens to me all the time. Because I always get super hungry right before bed and I'll just go on a bender. And then I don't get into the magical, mystical world of R.E.M.
0: I never get to go anywhere cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm even getting turned away at the gate in my dreams. Of, our,
1: just, of just being able to get into dreams.
0: We're going to keep you over here in shitty dreamland. Yeah.
1: In that weird state of just never getting the R.E.M. Right. For me, that also happens with uh, watching TV at night. Mm-hmm. Keeps you at R.E.M.,
0: keeps you out of REM yeah
1: because uh, all the bright lights stimulate your brain and then it doesn't let you into the magical world
0: man they're so strict at, at it's REM. it's so intense also if you're not wearing shoes yeah <laughs> can't get no, in if you're yeah but you wearing... but you have to not have your shirt on
1: though <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have to be wearing shoes but no shirt and jeans it has mm-hmm. to look like a top gun scene
0: no shoes no shirt so shoes shirt no service shoes shirt service yeah Shoe shirt servers.
1: Yeah, That's how you get in.
0: That's a good way. Okay. All right. It's different. It's odd. It fits in the world of dreams.
1: And it really matters. Mm-hmm. My best REM is when I don't sleep for like two days and then I crash. And then I like, it's the best rest I ever have. Where are you from? Upstate New York. Okay. And my parents are Midwesterners. So like. I don't like. I don't sound like anyone there or anywhere else. <laughs> it's like "Lafcadio" by Shell Silverstein. It's like the lion that tries to hunt, and then he isn't mm-hmm. a hunter or a lion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like back home, people are like, "You say bagel weird," and then I'm like, "But I'm from here." Bagel? That's what you say. Bagel,
0: not bagel. And They're like
1: bang bang. I don't even. Yeah, it's like bagel. They're like you're like bagel. I'm like bagel. Bagel. And yeah, I never heard like, it. Bagel, like that.
0: bagel. It's a bagel.
1: A bagel. <laughs> yeah, like before like before you're showing me the, the British uh voiceover guy thing and it's like your British accent's incredible. Oh uh, thank you. I mine's uh, th- horrible. Uh, thank you.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> thank you there. Owen, much appreciated. <laughs> it's incredible.
1: I'm like, Hello. My name's Owen. And British people are like, We don't fucking sound like that. Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, you do to me though, man. <laughs> it's fair, but then when you hear someone else do it really well, like you, I'm like, you could, like a British person w- would buy it.
0: The best thing is, I was in Scotland once with my cousin. Who, well, I'm, I'm, my mom is from Scotland. Cool. And uh, we're in a. My cousin is uh, from Glasgow, and he loves to tell everybody when I'm there that oh, this is my cousin from New York City. Like you know, now I live in L.A., but I yeah, he loved to tell everybody, and it was. It was draining, because then everyone wanted to hear about New York City, you know, right. it, constantly. He, but I understood he was excited that he has a cousin from New York City, and if, and they get you know, really pumped. It, it, it could be fun sometimes, but they get so excited that you know, especially people who haven't left Glasgow ever, and they're like only seen New York City in the movies. Yeah. So we're we're constantly going around. He's like, "You go out and meet my cousin from New York City. Look at he's from New York City." And they're like, "No way, really? Oh my no. god! It's like the movies are all the time." I'm like, "Oh What yeah, was the question yeah. they would ask you? <laughs> I don't even know. They just say, oh, t- tell me about New York City. They just want to know stuff like, "Have you been up in Empire State Building?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Is it really? Is it really really tall? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so we're in a cab once. And, it's almost uh, like
1: that Chris Chris Farley sketch when it's like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah. so it's really tall? No way.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, like obviously it's tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so we're in a cab and 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 um, my cousin Mark, he goes, um, he tells the cab driver, he says, This is my cousin from New York City, and, and the cab goes, All right. You from New York City, mate. And I go, No, he's having a go. <laughs> so, that's what, and he, so, he so the guy it? goes Tch. he goes mark why are you putting me on he goes no no he's from new york city he goes <laughs> i go i sound like i'm from new york city he goes mark stop it that's <laughs> so, awesome so he, so he was getting more and more frustrated right and uh and then and then mark is like my cousin mark he's like come on man he's like don't do this don't make me so I go, all right up. fine i'm i'm from new york city uh, he, I was just messing with you. And the driver goes, that's about the most shite New York accent I've ever heard. Now I completely are don't you believe serious? you. I was talking to my real voice. He's like, that is about the worst. Yeah, you're a good <laughs> accent guy. Yeah. You
1: got to roll with that.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to do with it. Never, I mean, that's I,
1: Russell. Yeah, that's like Russell Peters. He's like really mm. good at like Asian accents and Indian accents and shit. Yeah. Like I have friends that are like, my mom's from Hong Kong, and Russell, literally, she can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got that ear. You got that. You yeah. got to do that shit. Mine, I can't. Oh, here's one. I used to live in the Czech Republic, and I'm from New York State, mm-hmm. which is even more infuriating because they're like, tell, you're from New York. And I'm like, no, six hours north, and they don't understand the concept of a city and a state. Right. Where I'm like, no, it's like Syracuse. They're like, you're from New York, and then they'd ask me like about the Empire State Building, and I'd been there once. <laughs> So I'm like, no. And they're like, that was even worse. I'm like, no, it's more like the countryside. Yeah. But it's called New York. And they're like,
0: They don't have Fuck any concept you. of yeah.
1: that, huh? No.
0: It is weird when I would go upstate New York. It's, uh, it's like a whole other world. It's a different world. Yeah. And it's
1: weird because it's called New York. So it's very confusing.
0: But it really is its own thing. It doesn't, uh, it's not really like, it's not the South.
1: It's It's, so bizarre. It's the most bizarre place. My town had three nuke plants, a college, and like seven months of winter. And just tons of bars. And like just a tiny population.
0: How many people were in your town, would you say?
1: 12,000. Okay. And it's like this combination of ridiculously corrupt hillbilly redneck and also really liberal at the same time. What
0: made them corrupt? Uh... Well, the mayor
1: went to jail for trafficking like crack and shit, and uh, just really like the teachers were very sadistic. They were all hired by their like cousins around the school board, and uh-huh. since the nuke plants paid for the school taxes, we had all this budget that they would just embezzle. And then, but it also is—it's the only town in the entire country to take in Jewish refugees during World, world War Two in good. the entire country. Yeah, and it's like. That combination of like, I don't know, like what, progressive what Oswego, New York. Like know. Ruth uh, Magyar Isaacson wrote a book about it called uh, Haven. And um, it's really interesting. It's like, it, it's the type of town that's like liberal socially, but then they'll just beat the shit out of you for the wrong pants. <laughs> it's like, it's just weird. I love it. I'm not knocking Oswego. It's a great town. How but. much
0: of the town gets into R.E.M.?
1: Uh, none. No, nobody gets into REM unless they're sleeping in a snowbank.
0: He got to leave to get into REM. Really? Yeah, no <laughs> REM doesn't.
1: No one's well rested there. Like nobody is rested, but really funny people. Like the people are really funny, but uh, it's really vicious.
0: Is it? It's the kind of thing where everybody knows everyone. You know the butcher and you know the baker. Or the... Yeah, but some, yeah, you know, but no one's it, you know. like waving they're just they're it's like you know each other but you're just like ah oh, that fucking guy so tell me more about your childhood i'm interested in this now what do you do what did you do every day there what was what was like well, a- i just
1: played piano all day like a like this like i had like 10 percent asperger syndrome that's kind of how because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see what asperger syndrome is and i'm like i have like a sliver of that because i could do the same thing over and over again all day long as a kid so i was playing like Bach and Beethoven and all this stuff and I was like 7 or 8 years old but it was because I I was I would just insulate myself with just that repetition.
0: What got you into it?
1: Uh, my parents are both professors. So and my dad sang opera and so like my house was very like you know Cultured. just books and and piano. Yeah. yeah, it's like the combination of no money, like no income but a lot of education. Mm. So it's like I think it's a good background for comedy because you relate to problems, but you also like, you know, have the entitlement because of the shit you've read that you can like talk to people <laughs> above you in social status. Yeah. So you know, my parents are really cool people, but just you know, they'd make my clothes. Like my mom made my my velour pants and shit. Really? Yeah.
0: That's impressive.
1: Yeah, she's real. Like her dad was a lead miner, and she was from like a like a little town in Wisconsin, so she could like make everything. And, wow. like, she would have to because we didn't have any money. Or my dad told us we had none. And then we found out recently he was squirreling it.
0: Oh, really? He's like, a mean...
1: teacher salary, not a lot. But he saved, like, the whole time to the point where now he has, like, a couple mil in the bank. Wow. And we're like, dude, I was, like, trash picking cans. Well, maybe but it was I get worth it. it. Smart, smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But it's like, I, I'm proud of him for that. And I'm also kind of pissed at him. Just constantly squirreling.
0: Yeah, you wish you had done. You you wish you had more of a lavish childhood.
1: No, I think because he was constantly telling us that we we're about to like lose everything.
0: My dad been has been saying that, still says that. He that's he didn't the, squirrel the money. I he just
1: he might be squirreling. See, my dad we, always was like, it because if it was just mellow because stuff doesn't lead to happiness it's cliche as shit but it's like it's not like we i needed a tv or something mm-hmm. it's just that constant threat of like we're gonna lose everything yeah because now i have that
0: yeah i and have now, it too it's yeah. terrible we all, we never felt any sense of security i always felt never. jealous of people who had that because i'm like they, they could get on with it you know they don't yeah. have to worry about
1: and i still have that now it's like i i was like a pay, I was it, I guess it motivates you it makes you kind of an animal cuz I was like paperboy of the year twice.
0: That's awesome. You know, paperboy of the year twice. I didn't even know that was a title.
1: Oh yeah. That sounds like a when great When I was like movie. 9 and 11.
0: Paperboy of the year
1: twice. The second time really Uh cuz I would y- Is it got,
0: competitive?
1: Yeah. It was. Wait,
0: what 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 does the paperboy of the year get?
1: Uh you got like a $50 savings bond, but you got your picture up at the Palladium Times. And uh, because the reason I was such a rock star there was you got $5 if you got someone to sign up for the newspaper. And I figured out a thing where if I got someone to sign up, I'd give them a free week and it was only $2. So it was a $3 net gain. Mm -hmm. So I was like, just quit after a week if you don't like it. So I would just I was recruiting everyone. (laughs) And um and that's what got me. But it was all motivated by my dad being like, I don't know if you'll have shoes this year, you know? <laughs> and that that's why the squirreling kind of pisses me off a little because it wasn't like, yeah, we don't have anything when we're happy. It's like, you could lose the house at any time. So you have to work constantly.
0: But look at what a good work ethic you developed. That's
1: true. That is true. Um, but it's fear based. And sometimes it keeps me out of the the magical land of R.E.M.
0: <laughs> Damn it. It's so hard to get into that magical land of R.E.M. Oh, yeah. Cause they can the... smell fear on you. You can't come in. Oh, no. They're oh, like, you're,
1: you're, are you squirreling? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm squirreling a well, little.
0: But I think you need to have fear to have drive, right? Maybe. Yeah. We, maybe we both have too much of it. But I don't know. Maybe not true. Because I know these... Kids who grew up rich and they do very well. Totally. Very successful kids. Now, now, no longer kids, but...
1: Yeah, because I don't think... Because I, I, I'll I look at people like that from rich families or non-rich families or whatever, and money almost isn't even the factor. It's it's something else.
0: It's so weird to me. I never understood that. They're like, oh, yeah, money? We right. We happen to have it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And
1: then you'll see two different roads in that woods where it's like the spoiled that are like not good with money and they're like complete dickheads. Uh-huh. And then you the ones where money's almost a byproduct of their greatness. Oh. And those families are awesome. Like loaded, but not follow the cliches that you think. Like their their kids are still like super motivated because they like mm-hmm. are really into like, like picture frames. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to start a business. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so money's a byproduct of you guys just crushing. Right. And then the other ones are like just spending their money because they have it and it's annoying
0: yeah i never understand that (laughs) so so i want to go back so you were telling me about uh you played piano all day a lot of
1: yeah and i had a really good friend who's still my buddy we moved out here together actually uh and we used to just draw pictures and pretend we're ninjas and it was a good childhood i mean definitely a lot of innocence to it um yeah good parents good brother great brother um what does your brother do teacher lumberjack so teacher he, and a lumberjack? Yeah, he was a lumberjack tree, like tree guy, climbs up the trees and cuts them down and everything. And um then, you know, he has a family, so he, he became a um teacher. And he's an unbelievable teacher because he's so just fired up. What does he teach? Um he teaches middle school and a lot like a lot of like higher needs kids, and then he has like other kids. And he's really good with high needs kids because he's like he doesn't pity people, he actually like envies everyone. If that makes sense, yeah. Like someone could be deaf and he's like fucking peace and quiet all the time for this guy. (laughs) And then he gets like
0: good and everything.
1: Oh yeah. But it's like, and then, and he's like, not, he's like kind of right. It's like, not like false pity. It's like, then he'll like get really one time he had this kid with autism and he kept calling me up and being like, bro, Brandon has another fucking movie idea. I'm like, what he's like and he just describes me avatar but my brother never watches anything so he doesn't realize that this kid's just repeating avatar over and over again yeah he's like do we steal the script i'm like what do you mean he's like do we have to give him credit he's like can you like sell the script because i think i'm like what you mean avatar he just described avatar he's like so he stole it i'm like he's like 11 and he has autism (laughs) It's like, but in his mind, it's like, that means he sees things in a way he can't and he's super valuable. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what makes him such a great teacher and father. Like his kids are so smart because it's like, like someone will do anything. (laughs) And he's like, dude, you see how my kid just rearranged that chair? And I'm like, dude, she just kicked the chair. It's like, no, she's going to be like great at chair arrangements. (laughs) And it's just like. He's awesome.
0: I love that he wants to steal ideas from autistic children. (laughs) Yeah, because he's like, I can't
1: possibly think that creative. He's like, I'm limited. And he's right. That's what makes him so fucking funny. Like one time he had a friend go to jail for like weed distribution or something. And he literally was like, fucking no rent for this guy, man. (laughs) and i'm like what do you mean he's like think about how he's like his life he doesn't have bills anymore it's true it's like that lucky bastard
0: i've thought about that about jail oh yeah he's like it's such a nice break from having to deal with everything yeah it's like
1: a cult it's like wear this think this Mm -hmm. you can't go outside but you're safe yeah and like if you're into closed systems it's like it's great and that's how my brother like his mentality is why i wrote that one bit about uh uh, being pulled over by a cop, and then I'm debating with the cop about cell phone laws. This mm-hmm. long, so, well, the part inspired by him is I was handcuffed. Because the whole thing was, uh, is it illegal to be a one-armed driver? It's like, no. Then pretend I'm a one-armed man. My bonus arm, I'm holding the phone. You know, I'm like debating this cop. He's like, step out of the car. He handcuffs me. And I'm like, if I was one-armed, you can not handcuff me. And then he like it keeps escalating. And Uh that came from my brother, because one time he saw a one armed guy and he was like, he can never be handcuffed. Right. He's like, he's free. And I'm like, no, he has one arm. He's like, no, he can't be shackled, brother. He's free. Yeah, he's free. He's like a one armed man can never be enslaved.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He's like, where do you
1: hook it to? Like, yeah. And I'm like, that's a fucking great point. And he's like, and he hates his own balls. He's like, he's like, my wife manipulates me. Because she knows I need to bang her. He's Uh like, if I didn't have balls, I'd be free. So I'm like, you just (laughs) want to be a one-armed ballless guy in prison. He's like, well, if you put it like that, brother, it sounds weird. But I'm like, but that's what you just want. You want no no bills. You want to be in jail. You want only one arm so you can't be handcuffed. You want no balls so women can't manipulate you. And you want to be deaf for the peace and quiet. You want to be autistic so you can think up avatar. I'm like, that's a bleak fucking combo. Uh huh. He's like, no, brother. It's fucking. He's, he's a minimalist. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but you can understand a guy who's a lumberjack is definitely wants to be free. Like, there's that that feeling of like that's got to be like the freest feeling climbing up trees. Yeah, and he's like taking fearless taking them down.
1: Oh, he's a hundred feet yeah. up. You're looking at this tree, and you're like, I'm gonna take you down. It's so male. <laughs> like he always smells of like pine, you know. And he's like six five, chiseled. Like he always hilarious. was like, he was always super good looking. Yeah. And I was like more of the awkward, like chubby, weird kid. And he was like, he always looked like Ricky Schroeder from Silver Spoons. I don't know it. That was, he was like an 80s, like young kid, okay. like stud. And, uh, and, but he always would like, my brother would always like pine for like other shit, but like in a really like likable way.
0: So, so what got you, you, you you mentioned that your parents were professors and...
1: Yeah, my dad teaches public speech, so... Uh,
0: so how do you how do you wind up with the piano, starting starting to play piano?
1: Well, I would just, my dad tells a story, I don't know if he's exaggerating because it sounds too cool for me, but he was at opera rehearsal and I was like three and I was just banging on a, a piano and my dad was like, oh, I'm really sorry. And the conductor was like, he keeps banging in the keys that we're playing in. Mm-hmm. Like the kid, he has an ear. So they got me a teacher and then I just went from there. And then my teacher got a sex change <laughs> when I was nine. Mm-hmm. She um, she came on Halloween. She dressed as a man. And then like by November, like Halloween wasn't ending. And then she just became a dude. And uh, and that probably what got me into gender is, so much is like for comedy because I saw the change.
0: What do you mean got you into gender? Like I
1: love doing... Like uh, men and women are different or do this or all that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I like talking about uh, relationships and gender and how we fit in society as a male or female or gender. Uh, You
0: continued on with her after the sex change?
1: Yeah. And I noticed all the difference from testosterone. I noticed like what that is. Mm -hmm. That it's like there's a difference between like sex, your sex and your gender. And there's a difference between like how juiced on whatever hormone are you? Mm hmm. And, like, she's still, with. she's, like, a, a genius. Now he's a genius um, because, you know, it's like, why shouldn't this five-year-old learn Bach, you know? It's like, why can't I get a dick? It's the same, mm-hmm. like, freedom that she had where she had to say. Are you still in touch with him? Uh, sometimes on Facebook, we'll touch base. But, um, yeah, and I noticed the changes. Like, testosterone made him more, you know, aggressive, like, a little less patient but also like, uh, you know, just all the cliche shit. And I just saw that process and it was fascinating to me.
0: So who is the better teacher? Him as a woman or him as a man?
1: Uh, Well, it's tough to say because I also was changing. Like when she she was a woman, I was like before puberty. So I was also more patient. So I, I can't really judge because I changed so much. Like, you know, by the time she was a dude, Now I'm like 12, 13, I'm getting pubes and like wanting to, you know, like play sports and be like more like the other kids and just play piano all day. So my perspective may have changed it, but I learned a lot more when she was a woman, but it could have been me. It could have been me not having testosterone.
0: So your fascination with, with Bach and Beethoven, was it just the music or did you start looking into like their personal lives? Did you start reading about them?
1: Uh yeah, I mean Beethoven. Yeah, I I would read about him, and I thought that like I thought the fact Beethoven wrote deaf always was amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Your brother must be so jealous. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh I get so fired up about the about deaf, cause he uh one time we saw two deaf people talking through a window, and he was like they can talk through glass. He's like we can't. Because they can sign through windows. And I'm he like
0: sees, he sees everybody as superheroes. He
1: does. Yeah. Like you go into Walmart, he's like, he just says hi to people all day, man. He's like, <laughs> that's how you live. And I'm like, you're fucking crazy, but hilarious. But he's calmed down with that a bit ever since having kids. Cause I think now he really values his life a ton. Cause he's just made to be a dad. Yeah. Um, so now it's a little less like brother this janitor has just he's ripped and, you know <laughs> and now it's more like he he gets that he's very lucky mm-hmm. but i think being a dad is one of the things that made him feel that way
0: and you think you, you think you'll have kids at some point
1: uh yeah i mean i'd love to that'd be awesome mm-hmm. yeah i mean that would definitely it just feels like the something to do it'd be cool
0: <laughs> something to do yeah like a guaranteed <laughs> little
1: buddy for a while yeah are are you gonna have kids
0: I I hope to.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's a good move.
0: Yeah. I feel like it busts open a whole nother realm of life. Yeah. Like it just seems like you haven't had that to not take that opportunity in life. Right. It's such a big opportunity not not to take, you know? And I'm
1: starting to feel almost selfish. Mm -hmm. Like now I'm like, Oh, I got to work hard and get this. It's like, why? So I can like get another pair of shiny shoes Yeah. It's like I want to be able to provide for something else now. I think you hit an age where your instincts start being like, you got to start not making it about you anymore. Even if it's like my dogs or like if I had a charity or something. But I mean, I'm not like a wealthy person to have a charity, but I just want something to be like, oh, this kid's got to eat. Mm-hmm. like that i i just feel that need <laughs> yeah. to be like I, it's not about me it's about this fucking kid <laughs> you're tired of you <laughs> totally tired of me i'm tired like because you know at 34 it's like you hit that zone where you're not like old but you're not like it's like my like my needs it just starts feeling silly yeah where i'm like no i know what i need It's like, what do you need? You're a grown man. Like, provide. (laughs) It's like, only the best for me. Thank you. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's like, that's why I love that Grand Budapest Hotel, the boy with apple. It always makes me laugh. Did you see Grand Budapest? Yeah. With the painting of just that boy holding the apple, and he's like a beautiful boy. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes as an adult, I feel like boy with apple. (laughs) We're just that level of indulgence (laughs) of like, you're just a boy with an apple. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but just like... I don't know.
0: It's funny that you connected to Boy with Apple, but
1: like I I, like an obsession with it. Mm. Yeah, it just
0: flew past me. Boy with Apple, okay, because it was
1: the way the guy responded about how it's like priceless and it's like a beautiful boy with an apple. I like because it's an absurd. So then I dove into what Boy with Apple is, and there someone actually posed for it. Like uh, the director thought of it, and then that was like actually painted, and a boy. I had to model an apple and sit there for like hours wow like there really is a boy w- with apple
0: i wonder how much it's worth
1: i'd pay a grand <laughs> i'd pay a grand for that and that's more than i would pay for any other piece of art in the world
0: so so it is priceless to you well it's, well, not grand. it's a price but yeah every <laughs> time that's that,
1: another reason is every time i go home i feel like a Wes Anderson movie mm-hmm. where people look at me like, how do you not have a child's vomit on your pants? Mm-hmm. You, you child. I'm like, yeah, that's a it's, good point.
0: It's time, huh? You gotta be time. I love it. I love that you got the knitted hat that your mom knitted on. And <laughs> there's this, you're like, you are the boy with the apple. Oh, yeah. that That is it. Oh, you, totally. You, you're this little boy. You got this knitted hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: because that's the thing It's like the school system made me feel like boy without apple and then at home i was so boy <laughs> with apple that that irony is where i think the jokes come from mm. because it was like at home i literally was like here's your new uh, pair of precious pants that i made <laughs> you know it's like you're a special you're special yeah. they always told me i was special and it's like i think that's what what people are missing in certain families like sometimes i'll see um you know, stories about, you know, poverty and stuff. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if you want money, you can just make it Mm -hmm. like get fucking go work. And then I'm like, oh, but these people weren't told they were special. And that's the, that's the thing. Hmm. That's the privilege that I got.
0: That is a good, because I'll
1: argue about, like I used to argue a lot more about like white privilege. I'm like, fucking what, what? I'm like, no, just go work. And then I'm like, white, not as a race, but a culture. It's like, I now understand the privilege is just having someone be like, no, you deserve what you want. And if you don't have that, you don't take it. You then end up in like this bad spot. And you know, it's really easy for someone like me to be like, no, just go out there and make your own breaks. It's like, but they weren't told to make their own breaks. Mm. And if I never had that, I wouldn't have either where someone's like, no, there's no reason why you can't write your own song. Like I know kids cuz it's obviously not racial it's about like a certain culture but it's like I know kids where they were told at home like that they were just a waste of fucking breath. Mhm. It's like so are they going to go become paperboy of the year? No. Not twice certainly. Not, no, definitely not twice. No one does twice. <laughs> but that's one thing I'm extremely fortunate to have growing up was just parents that were like you're you deserve an apple boy. <laughs> It's rare and I really didn't because nothing makes me special. The only thing that makes you special is being told you're special. Mm -hmm. I like that in Tina Fey's book about how she was attacked as a kid and had a scar on her face and she didn't put together that that's one of the reasons that her parents and people would be so like overly supportive of her. Mm -hmm. And so she started just believing she was special and then clearly she just became special. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny how you can just, if you tell someone they're really good at something, they will just become that. It's true. Yeah.
0: We really do believe what people tell us. Totally. Especially as kids. I I mean it's also like one of those things you always hear about like when like a a record is broken, then everybody else can break the record. What you do know, you mean? Like Explain. like the home run record or something. Oh yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as it's broken, everybody can do it because everyone feels, Oh, I can do this now. Right. Totally. It's um it's just like we we can do whatever we believe we can do. Perfect example, to any, to any like
1: uh, Koreans, like in my perfect example, yeah, in my <laughs> West Hollywood neighborhood. I remember during all those like one percent rally, like we have no, you know, no one can get a job. Shit, I calmly watched this Korean couple take over the dry cleaning business in the entire area, and because no one told them there was a bad economy, mm-hmm. and they just systematically just crushed, and I like. I remember thinking about that. I'm like, why is that? And it's because their mentality, like they didn't come into this country thinking like, I deserve this job. Well, I don't have this job. Someone should give me this job. They're like, oh no, there's all these suits that need to be cleaned. We can do that. <laughs> and they just did. And they're and like, you'll see certain cultures not have the same paradigm as your culture and just operate totally differently and just kick ass. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times in like running, you'll see that. Like, I don't know if it's as genetic as it is is cultural to see the Kenyans with marathons Mm. where they're always winning marathons. And it's like, oh, is it genetic? It's like, maybe it's like they don't see 26 miles as that far and they just do it.
0: Like that's You know, they're like, oh no, it's fucking, it's Wednesday. I had to walk to school 26 miles. (laughs)
1: Like Pacquiao, it's like he used to prize fight every day for like $2. So like when he comes to this country, he just destroyed everyone. You know, it's that ten thousand hours thing too. That's another thing about Mozart. It's like everyone's like, oh, he's a genius. It's like, yeah, but his dad was the best teacher in Europe, mm-hmm. and he played all the time since he was born.
0: You think you could have been, you could have been a Mozart if you put in more time?
1: No, probably could have been almost Korean level, <laughs> but they're good at piano too. Yeah, yeah. Um. But no, I I don't have that. I don't have as much natural ability as people think. I just have put in the time. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's similar to seeing someone speak another language where you're like, you're speaking Japanese, so you're talented. It's like, no, I just learned it as a kid.
0: But it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Oh, man. Another language? You have
1: that? Yeah, I can't even comprehend that. It's the same with backflips where you're like, how the fuck do you do a backflip? Like, I can't wrap my head around that. I can't do a cartwheel. We're just
0: amazed by anything that we can't do. Totally. That's that's the human condition. And itself. that's
1: my brother on steroids. huh. We're like, he's amazed by every other human. Yeah. And then he gets pissed about it. I remember I was in the House Bunny because Sandler put me in the House Bunny. I had a funny part in it and it played in my hometown. And he was like, ha- like, I could tell it wasn't reverse psychology. He was happy for me, but zero envy or spirals. None. He was like, Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, I'll check it out. And it's like, that's usually when someone would spiral. It's like, oh, my brother's now in a movie playing Mm -hmm. in my town. But he'll be like, but I just met this guy who can draw a perfect circle, brother. You know what I'm like? (laughs) It's funny how what he focuses on. And I always thought that was... It's a true story, by the way. We met a dude who could draw a perfect circle without. I, and he just, he couldn't stop talking about it for like years. He's like, how does he know what a circle? He's like, he has pie in his mind. I'm like, yeah.
0: I want to meet the guy who can draw the perfect circle. What? Oh, yeah.
1: I want to, too. But, and then you'll probably find out that it isn't a perfect circle. Yeah. And my brother was just like, saw it. he saw what he needed to see. To it's get all wobbly winter. and it's yeah, yeah totally he's like but it's perfect to him and i'm like yeah that's intense i get it our parents fucked our brains up with theories I'm like what is a circle what is yeah i get
0: it <laughs> it's not even perfect at all no it's the worst circle you've ever seen it's, it's an oval. like it's practically an oval
1: it's notably bad as a circle yeah and then the whole thing becomes, but he he knows it's perfect. And then that's, and that we, me and him have a phrase called theory insertion or insert theory when needed. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we call each other out for being completely full of horseshit. Mm-hmm. Where we'll like be caught in something, and then we'll create an entire theory to justify ourselves. These are definitely the
0: children of professors.
1: Totally, and it's also complete horseshit. Uh huh. And uh, and me and him are good at calling each other out for it because and then we'll like break and laugh because it's like we know what we're doing Mm -hmm. it's just garbage
0: (laughs) (laughs) give me an example of a theory that you've
1: um like what's what's a bad like what's something someone could do that's seen as like pick anything like what's something bad like someone's like i'm mad at you because of
0: what's that anything bad just
1: yeah like let's say you're like i can't believe you fill in the blank I can't believe you
0: kicked a child.
1: Yeah, and then the theory insertion would be: the thing this country is missing is strong discipline. And like, if I kick that child, now that child knows what a kick well, is. This goes
0: back to the police officer, right? Terms. You, yeah.
1: you—it's like you're you're your own lawyer. Like you've met my representative, right? Myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like you could then, within ten minutes, he'll have you convinced that you should kick children. Mm-hmm. And if you're not kicking a child. It's, it's like you're being a really bad human. So this is
0: a game you guys play.
1: Yeah. Right? And like we have to keep each other in check because sometimes at first it starts as like a mental chess game. And then you start being like, if people don't agree with you, you get angry. And then you realize you're a tyrant. <laughs> and like, and I, and then you see professors like that, you know, where mm-hmm. they start believing their own theories too far. And they just are kind of detached from who they actually are. What do your parents teach? My dad teaches rhetoric. That's one of the reasons why I'm so... We're so screwy with uh, theory insertion, like how to form arguments, you know, um, and public speech, persuasion, like just... He's a word crafter. Mm-hmm. He, lo- he loves politics, and I, like, I think that's the biggest game ever, but he's obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And then my mom teaches children's literature and women's literature and creative writing. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool combo of intensity. And and children's lit really is like the best literature. Yeah, because if you're trying to explain something to a child, you boil it down. It's almost like a really good joke, like all the fats trimmed off. Right, right. Where Makes
0: you're not sense. trying
1: to dazzle someone with like your words. It's I get about, so
0: annoyed when I'm reading a book and there's all these pretentious words in there. Oh, just I hate like, it. It's like just. I uh, hate it. Get to the story.
1: Yeah, like true intelligence is writing so that anyone could understand it. Right. If if you're trying to like limit your audience, it's like that's just pure ego.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh I know this is a big shift of gears, but I wanna to get to the let's do it. Philosophy here. And um Alex wanted me to bring up the fact that you were on the show Punked.
1: I was. Yeah, it was my first credit I that's the first thing I ever did.
0: And uh I know from talking to you also that you, you like to mess with people and uh i mean you talk about it in your stand-up a, a yeah bit and, and i think uh, when i was
1: a heckler at a renaissance fair i got that bug where like people would pay money to throw tomatoes at my face and then it allowed me to say anything i wanted because of the role that you, i you were am. the guy yeah in the, in
0: the tank well or, i didn't have so a tank i was heading
1: yeah. hands out of a wall and uh shirtless how old were you 17 and 18 and uh people would pay money to throw three tomatoes at me. So I had to like say the craziest stuff to incite that
0: upstate New York.
1: Yeah. Sterling Renaissance fair.
0: This is, you know, there's a whole nother world up there.
1: Yeah. And that's where I like, I was the nice one there. And then I was the Dick here. When I moved here, it was like, I had to like figure out how to be more because people, I think enjoy life more in LA. I love LA now. Like I love it, but it's like, I came up with a theory then that like that there's two types of people in the world. There's survivors and enjoyers and nothing like no other factors matter. It's like no, you know, age, race, uh, money, not like culture, nothing. It's like a mentality where a group of people either see themselves as survivors, like we'll make it through this or they're like, I have 10 grand. I can live for six months and, you know, let's go skiing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like two mentalities. And I think LA is full of uh, a lot more enjoyers. where and it's You like, got oh. away
0: from the survivors. That's your dad being like, we're not going to make yeah, it. Yeah, and the town.
1: It. It's like, you know, long winners. you know, nuclear power plants are, are, is the, you know, the threat of nuclear holocaust at all times. Mm -hmm. You know, we knew that it's like at any time there can be a
0: meltdown. You see, of course, boy with Apple would go to where the enjoyers are. (laughs) I was, I was a closet enjoyer
1: (laughs) where they'd be like, you know, and you know, we're bills fans every year. It's like the bills lost again, man. You know, let's get through this. It's like, we're the type of people where if the bills won the Super Bowl, people would be super confused. So, and you kind of need a little bit of both. Cause then I came here and I realized a lot of dudes didn't have any, thickness to them like if you made fun of someone they got like really Mm -hmm. boy with apple like they'd be like how would you why would you say that right you know it's like i'm and then you're like no i'm showing camaraderie Mm -hmm. like if i attack you then you know we're friends Mm -hmm. and then i'm like okay so i have to figure out the middle ground in both places that's right like enjoyers and survivors it's like you got to be strong enough to survive but you have to also not just with a billion dollars, try to get two billion and you can't sleep or spend time with your family until you get your second billion, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just, you're, you're, you're a war general.
0: I think it's a perfect breakdown of, of New York versus LA. Totally. Survivors and enjoyers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just all humans. Mm -hmm. Like, I think those are the two major, and everyone has a little bit of both, but like it's that scale and you can spot people and be like, yeah, I get it. I get where you're at. Where it's like a mentality of like it's I won't... like
0: middle America, like the perfect mix of surviving and enjoying.
1: A hundred percent. Like country music is the exact mix. Where it's like, I work a lot, but now I'm having a beer. It's like the bo- <laughs> it's both worlds. It's like work sucks, but fucking NASCAR. Yeah. You know where you're like, you know my town was a little just survivor because it it didn't really have that like. What do we do for
0: fun? Get the brutal winters. Brutal
1: winters. And it's like, there's nothing to be like, oh, I got to unwind. Unwinding would be binge drinking and fighting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wasn't really, there wasn't that REM where like, you're like, (laughs) well, I worked so hard so that now I can fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. My brother lives a little little farther east and north, like Lake Placid uh, area, like Saranac Lake, Mm -hmm. and they're way more enjoyers. Like, they're like, oh, dude, we just made a chicken coop, so now we don't have to buy chickens or eggs. Like, my brother has a chicken coop, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, now we can have free eggs so that I can, like, get another weekend at uh, the mountain and go skiing. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, that's how you think. It's like, how much do I need to get through this year so that I can do what I want? And that's cool. And then LA's a little like that, too, where it's like, if you have an idea, we can sell an app and then, like... Just go to Whole Foods. (laughs) And you're like, this is great. Yeah. Like, ideas can become capital here. Mm -hmm. Like, where I'm from, that isn't pot. Like, if you have an idea, you don't immediately think, like, oh, we can make some cash on this idea. Right. And that's, yeah, I really like Los Angeles. So, yeah.
0: So, you really think it all started out at the tomato, at the Renaissance Fair? Yeah. You can really trace it back to a specific thing?
1: That was a major, that was the first time I was ever paid to be a comedian, and I saw the failure of it. The first day I tried to do like a British accent and be smart mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that midge frog you know, like doing yeah. stuff I read in Shakespeare or something. And well, no, one. how did you
0: wind up with this job?
1: Uh, I was working at a bakery and I was playing piano at, at some, at the bakery for like people. And I was interacting with the crowd and quick. And one of the uh, fair people were there and they were like, You want a job? Like, our guy just took off because they're full of talent scout. Pretty much. Spotted
0: you at a bakery playing piano. Yeah. That is the most bizarre. Yeah. You got scouted for a Renaissance. For Renfare.
1: And I remember, (laughs) like, that. I remember, (laughs) like, when no one was throwing tomatoes, feeling that crushing sense of, like, why didn't, you know, that's why I'm writing that thing, Why Didn't They Laugh? Where it's like, why isn't this working? Mm -hmm. And then, okay, let's hit the drawing board. And so then I developed all these theories that did work about human nature that would make people throw tomatoes. Cause I got percentages and bonuses. So I needed more tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just like chill. And I figured out that people are offended by what they're uh, like, what they have pride or insecurity and in, not what's apparent. Like if you're going to do like, let's say, uh, like, uh, like a fat joke. And if someone's like 200 pounds overweight, it won't affect them. But if someone's like, 10 pounds overweight and they were like a college athlete, mm-hmm. they're going to spiral. Right. You know, it's like, it's, it's like whatever. Okay. So like really someone learned how
0: to push everybody's Right. Body. Like
1: so if yeah. someone's like chiseled and, and jacked, like it's uh, effeminate things will spiral them. We're like something right. about being like girly or gay or something that, mm-hmm. cause to them, like it, it, and they're not acting that way at all. It's their pride. It's like, Oh no, I'm the opposite. That's why I'm so ripped. And they just freak out. And then, I never would attack women uh, because they would just leave out sexualized women. Like I'd be like, you know, your wife doesn't get enough attention from you. You know, you're mm-hmm. at work all the time and she needs someone just to listen like me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she then would laugh and throw tomatoes for attention and Then he's now spiraling and throwing tomatoes. But since they can hit me in the face, I can get away with anything because I'm a buffoon.
0: Your job was to attract the ultimate rejection. Totally. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah. And then they would hit me
1: and then they would all applaud. And then I would like start drinking mead and by the end sometimes get hammered and I would let people uh, (laughs) slap me in the face as hard as they could for $20. And I wouldn't split that money. That was mine. Like Mm -hmm. there was a gypsy named Boob and he got a a cut. (laughs) And I was like, slap money I get, boob. Yeah. And he was like, no, but I'm like, no, dude, I'm taking hits to the face.
0: This is like a really masochistic <laughs> period of your life. Huh?
1: Yeah. But it was like the money was rolling in <laughs> in a time when like $20 for 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, and, and like, I wouldn't let someone that was huge hit me, but like, yeah. you know, I was taking some hits, but if it's open, open hand, it's never going to do crazy damage to your face. Open hand is fine.
0: <laughs> you looked it up. <laughs> well, yeah, an experience. It's
1: like I've never been slapped and like broken a nose or lost a tooth.
0: <laughs> it all came out of a bakery gig. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: literally baking rolls innocently, and then before you know it, I'm just. And then for some reason, okay, talk about masochism. Now my favorite food is tomatoes. like you'd think the opposite you're like oh it was like a weapon and now I'm like just the smell of tomatoes I'm like I'll eat anything with tomatoes you you loved it yeah like I would literally sometimes grab tomatoes out of the air and just eat them and be like I love this to show them that they couldn't hurt me (laughs) and then I grew to love tomatoes (laughs) I'd be like you can't hurt me I love this
0: how long did you do this for
1: two summers (laughs) so it was it was cool, man. It was definitely eye opening.
0: This wound up leading you to to the punked gig. You think?
1: Yeah, cause I, I I saw that you know the the best comedy is just being honest in a situation, and so someone saw me do stand up and had me go in for a punked audition. And I remember my success was just from not. It's so cliche acting book shit, but just not trying. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, you are this go, and it's like the more you were just. Honest about the situation, the funnier it was, and the more they wanted you to do a sketch Mm -hmm. where you're not like funny waiter, you're just waiter. And it's like the funny is they've already written the funny, right? Just be like yourself in a situation where it's hard to be yourself, Mm -hmm. and that would and that's what got me that gig. It's kind of like I was not, I'm a good offensive lineman in life where it's like more than I am like a star, like I'm never going to be a star, like I'm not the type of person who's like gotta start a movie like it's gotta be me man like because mm-hmm. that's the quarterback it's like i'm good at making sure no one hits the quarterback and in doing so i'm valuable
0: so alex says because of your work on Punked, he picked a philosopher who deals in doubt okay and uh it's funny because this conversation has been a lot about doubt yeah and uh i didn't know that until i read that the thing right now but it's just sort of a whole life of doubt, like even going back to your dad and 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 yeah, having questioning money and things. Do we have money? And yeah, <laughs> and then it turns out you do have money. And there's be like, why is this person not laughing? Or like, why? It's like, why is yeah? Your whole life. I think this is already a good pick because I think what really resonates with me from talking to you is is all this doubt. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: You know? Yeah, like I think. Uh, that's a byproduct of professor parents is
0: over-questioning like obvious things. <laughs> the theory game that you play with your, oh, the theory with your game. brother, it's, it's all around doubt. Yeah.
1: It's a rhetorical and, maze.
0: It's, so this guy, his name was Agrippa the Skeptic. Have you heard of him? Agrippa no, the Skeptic? No, but that's a
1: great nickname. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going over to Agrippa, you know, Agrippa the Skeptic?
0: I like the name Agrippa.
1: Agrippa. What yeah. What ethnicity is he?
0: Uh, I'm guessing Greek. I haven't it gotten that Greek. far yet. but Agrippa. Agrippa, probably probably Greek. Um, Agrippa
1: the skeptic.
0: Yeah, and see.
1: back then, it's like, like if you were even kind of skeptical, you were super
0: skeptical. You were the skeptic. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Like, very broad questions weren't being asked. By the way, Agrippa is a great name. For somebody who's undergoing a sex change, I feel. Because it it could work as a woman or a man. Either way. I could see a Russian lady named Agrippa. Or or a a, a big tough guy named Agrippa. Yeah, I'd be like, my
1: name's Agrippa, bro. Or it's like, (laughs) I am Agrippa, I'm here for your penis. (laughs) I touch penis, I'm Agrippa. Yeah, it's also a good handjob
0: name. (laughs) A a good Agrippa. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, wow, she's got a real good Agrippa. (laughs) Agrippa was Greek. Okay. Uh, he was a skeptic philosopher who probably lived towards the end of the first century A.D. I like this. Probably. They're not even sure.
1: Because they're skeptical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're like, they say
1: it was towards the end of first century A.D., but we don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're skeptical of when the skeptic lived. <laughs> he would have wanted it that way. He would have. He's regarded as the author of five grounds of doubt or tropes, which are Purported to establish the impossibility of certain knowledge. Okay. The five trops. Here they are.
1: I'm like a grip of the buzzkill.
0: <laughs> I love them. I,
1: I would legit be like really good friends with this guy. All right. What are the five trops?
0: The trops are given by Sextus Imperius. Okay. In his outline of... Let me see if I pronounce this right. Periodism. Pure hunnism In his outlines of Pure Hellenism, yeah. I don't know. According to Sextus, they are attributed only to the more recent skeptics, and it is by Diad Diogenes Latia. I can never say the names; it always trips me up. Yeah, Diogenes Lat Latius, that we attribute them to Agrippa. And the traps are, drum roll, brr, dissent, the uncertainty of the rules of common life and of the opinions of philosophers. So he's already
1: just like saying that his own opinion isn't valid.
0: Right. And everybody else and common and the rules of common life are not valid. Okay. He's a, he's, he's a common... grip of
1: the broad strokes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, what makes life common life? The, the uncertainty of the rules of common life.
1: Yeah, that's already really subjective. <laughs> this is just
0: a common life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second one is progress ad infinitum. I guess in, in like infinite? Progress ad infinitum? Okay. All proof requires some further proof and so on to infinity. I agree with that so you never get anywhere that's that's that.
1: the problem with physics and and all that shit. that's why i'm tapping out at this point yeah because it's like everyone keeps disproving each other and they're all really smart mm-hmm. that's totally true
0: and that's that's the thing also you can't get anywhere of course you're going to be full of doubt if you're just always looking for proof 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 you never get anywhere it's a knowledge ponzi scheme you can't you can't move forward in life because you're like i can't do this unless it's proven and that can't be proven and that's got to be proven. Right. At a certain point, you just got to go on faith, I think. Totally. Than, like you, we could sit here and discuss whether or not you should have a kid. We'll never be able to prove that you should. It's you unprovable. You just, have to, you just have to go for it or not go for it.
1: Exactly. Because it's like, okay, just look at Newton, Einstein, and now modern physics. They're all completely like disprove each other. Mm-hmm. Like Einstein completely disproved Newton. and And then even while Einstein was alive... He died, like, scribbling in his notebook, like, spiraling about doubt. Because, mm-hmm. like, he was already being disproven with, like, you know, uh, particle theory and how they, they, like, you know, there's so much chance in it. Like, they didn't know where electrons would be. And he's like, God doesn't play dice. And they're like, well, he does, kind of. And then he tried to unify everything, and then he spiraled.
0: So you really know a lot about this. I, I, you're You're very into science. I know that from talking to you before the podcast, too, but... Well, I like, I mean, uh,
1: I, I yeah, I like trying to learn stuff, and then I, but I'm not really that knowledgeable. I'm like, bro, I'm a broad strokes guy. Mm-hmm.
0: If you're just looking for proof, you'll it'll never ends. Never ends. The next one is relation. Okay. Relation. All things are changed as their relations become changed, or as we look upon them from different points of view.
1: I mean, that's the theory of relativity right there. That's why I always thought Einstein's theory of relativity was kind of like a cop out. Where it's like, oh, it's all about where you are and how you see it. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no shit. That's everything in life.
0: So, how come everyone made such a big deal out of it when he said it?
1: Because he figured out how to phrase it. So, no one, so, because the genius of Einstein is actually that he was a patent clerk. So, he like learned how to, how to do a theory that no one else could claim and that was his. He's like really yeah. good at that.
0: So he was really just like great at stealing
1: material. He was great at combining (laughs) and then branding. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's true. It's true. It's like no one has an original thought. Mm -hmm. So he would take all these different things and put them together and then make it so legally it was completely his. And he only got a Nobel Prize for uh, photovoltaic cells. He didn't even get it for relativity because it was all political bullshit. I love Einstein. Love him. But he definitely, you know, had a lot of doubt.
0: Interesting. I wonder if he he studied a grip of the skeptic. Probably. Yeah. Let's see. The next one is assumption. Okay. Uh, The truth asserts... The truth asserted is merely hypothesis. Assumption. So, like, all truth... Whatever truth you think is basically just a hypothesis. That's what he's saying. There is no real truth. It's all hypothesis.
1: Okay, so it, so basically, then everything is is full of doubt. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know, like, what which one is like? No, this is for sure.
0: This is like the most doubting guy walking
1: around. Oh, look! <laughs> yeah, because he's it's like everything. He's like everything under the sun. Everything you can possibly think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you invite him over for dinner, Grip. But you want to come over for dinner? I don't believe there is a dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, Grip is always. Questioning everything. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I could be friends with Agrippa.
0: <laughs> are we even really friends, Owen? <laughs> right. It would
1: constantly be like, what is friendship? Like, I don't even know.
0: It's like, look, you just got to believe me. I, I like you. Yeah. Do like, you I'd really? be like,
1: I'd be like, a, someone would be like, are you hanging with Agrippa the skeptic? I'm like, yeah. You mean Agrippa the small doses? Because in small doses, he'd be awesome. But like any more than 20 minutes, you're like, bro, it's a plant. Like, just accept it's a plant.
0: The small doses. <laughs> uh, the next one is circularity. Okay.
1: It's yeah, the guy it goes who back to my brother's circle. Perfect circle. circle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's no real circle. So what's his thing? <laughs> the truth asserted involves a vicious circle. According to the mode deriving from dispute, we find that undecidable decision about the matter proposed has come about both in ordinary life And among philosophers, because of this, we are not able to choose or to rule out anything, and we end up with suspension of judgment. Well, we talked about that a little bit already, you know, how you just wind up with suspension of judgment no matter, you can't prove anything. Right. In the mode deriving from infinite regress, we say that it is brought forward as a source of conviction for the matter proposed itself, for the matter proposed itself needs another such source which itself needs another, and so ad infinitum. Is that how you say Infinitum. So that we have no point from which we to begin to establish anything. And <laughs> suspension of judgment follows. In the mode deriving from relativity, as we said above, the existing object appears to be such and such relative, to the subject judging from the things observed together with it. But we suspend judgment on what is like in nature. I He's think, definitely I, I think ahead it, of
1: his time with relativity. I'll I, give him that. But Mm -hmm. the funniest part is that the one thing he's sure of is that there are common people and philosophers, Mm -hmm. which is blatantly not, has not held up the stands of time. Right. It's like there's a common life and then like a philosopher life. And he, he isn't questioning that. Like that's the, like a glaring like problem with grippa
0: it must have been pretty cool to be a philosopher back then too because you really were like a gangster like oh man i wish i could be one of those philosophers like
1: oh yeah it's like an untouchable life and all you had to do is say nothing means anything and everyone just gave you olives (laughs) and you just constantly were like rubbing little boys
0: wings
1: (laughs) like that's their whole life it's just like i deserve to be surrounded by angelic boys (laughs) nothing means anything and give me olives
0: They were just enjoyers. (laughs) They were
1: total enjoyers. But then they became survivors with their overthinking. Mm -hmm. Where they'd be like, they'd have so much free time that they spiraled and then started like questioning everything.
0: That is the problem with having too much free time. Sometimes I think to myself, if I just had a routine, I wouldn't even be reading this philosophy stuff. I just, I have too much time to think about. Right. Like
1: we're task oriented. Right. And if we don't have simple, that's why I play piano. It's like, I have to figure this song out. Because if not, you just sit there being like, matter's mostly empty space, is an illusion, visual light spectrum. You know, you can spiral all day long.
0: But if you have something to do with your time. Yeah, then you're like, life
1: is putting this in the basket. (laughs) Yeah. And then moving the basket. It's like dogs that uh, need to wear a, a backpack. And they get depressed if they don't wear a backpack. What? Like Sheltie dogs, <laughs> there's dogs bred for work, and uh-huh. if they aren't working or in their mind working, okay. they uh, they become very depressed. So what they do is they put a backpack on the dog at all times, so they feel like they're always working, so they're not depressed.
0: I never even knew about this. Yeah. There are dogs that need to wear backpacks. Totally.
1: <laughs> and like, I think humans are very much like that, where it's like the Sisyphus pushing the boulder thing, where it's like, if you're not pushing the boulder, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, the last the last demon in Pandora's box that never got released was hope. Hmm. And I think that comes from uh like hope that like what we're doing matters is all about small tasks.
0: Alex has a note for me here. Agrippa didn't write anything down, so all quotes are from Sextus Empiricus about Agrippa's teachings. So
1: Sextus may be the buzzkill. Sextus? Like yeah, Agrippa might be like we know, like love is real, and Sextus just went through a breakup and he's like, Agrippa stated that nothing matters."
0: <laughs> like it's all whoever wrote he could be it down lying to us totally yeah. I, I, so you're skeptical about the writings of of, of Agrippa the skeptic 100 percent, because
1: he never wrote anything down. It was Sextus. and Sextus was uh, always going through a bad breakup
0: so that goes to number three, relation. Things are changed in relation based on a relationship changing. <laughs> totally. Might, once a relationship changes, a grip of the skeptics writing might change too. Totally. Depending on the relationship yep. in relation to Sextus Empiricus, the writer of a group. Yeah,
1: it's like I need to know more about what Sextus was going through before I understand the angle. <laughs> you can't trust him. Yeah, because I mean, just even one miswording uh-huh. and it all falls apart.
0: All right, well, let's, let's go with it. Let's go based on suspended, uh... Okay, cool. Unfaith here.
1: Well, yeah, because a true Agrippa fan doesn't believe Agrippa.
0: Yeah, a true Agrippa fan would not even believe there was an Agrippa. Yeah, and
1: it'd be that moment, like, a, a Agrippa fan right in front of Agrippa would be like, I question everything you're saying, and he'd be like, thank you. <laughs> no, he'd be like, <laughs> "He'd be like, you get do it. you? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then he'd question that. <laughs> yeah. And then he'd be like, but do you, do you? And then they eat an olive.
0: And they play with little boys' weens. Yeah, little weens. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So here are some quotes, supposedly by Agrippa the skeptic.
1: Okay. This is a quote by Agrippa the skeptic. Not his brother Agrippa the believe everything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the grip of the gullible. <laughs> All
1: right, here's or, yeah. It's a grip of the skeptic and his brother Gary the gullible.
0: Gary the gull. Who, who are you and the brother uh, with relation to your brother? I guess you. I'm the way skeptic. more gullible. You're more gullible. Yeah. Your brother's more skeptical.
1: Totally. Like I like I. That's a thing. Like I take shit at face value way too much to the point where sometimes I I don't understand sarcasm and I look really dumb. All right. Those who claim for themselves to judge the truth are bound to possess a criterion of truth. This criterion either is without a judge's approval or has been approved. But if it is without approval, whence comes it that it is trustworthy? Question mark. Okay. This criterion either is without a judge's approval or has been approved. But if it is without approval, Whence comes it that it is trustworthy?
0: When, when, if it, when, is it, when can you say it's trustworthy? Right. If it,
1: Those who claim for themselves to judge the truth are bound to possess a criterion of truth. This criterion either is without a judge's approval or has been approved. But if it is without approval, whence comes it that it is trustworthy? Okay. I think that's like a, a pretty basic thought worded really colorfully. It's like saying if someone's judging, that means they possess some sort of knowledge. But if that knowledge hasn't been verified, then what does it matter? Mm-hmm. But I might be completely wrong. I'm, I'm not that sounds, 100% that what right. criterion means. It sounds like, it's a like a kernel. criteria.
0: What's yeah, like a, criteria. a thing, like one little yeah. thing. I, mean, I think.
1: A criterion? What is that? A noun of cri- like a small criteria?
0: I think so. It's That's like, cool. It seems like a fancier way of saying criteria to me yeah (laughs) but then again i'm i'm not being very skeptical here i'm taking it at face value. there is
1: without a judge's approval or has been approved okay so it's one or the other Mm -hmm. thanks agrippa but but if it is without approval whence comes it that it is trustworthy so if it hasn't been approved when is it trusted Mm -hmm. just that's who
0: cares if there's a judge's approval right Why do we trust the judge?
1: Because he's not a common folk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, why would we... Why does it matter if it's a judge? Is he criticizing the legal system at that point? Where he's basically saying, like, hey, judge, like, what does this judge know?
0: I'm not sure.
1: But according to all his tenets of skepticism, like, there is no truth at all, so the criterion is not real either.
0: Hmm.
1: Because everything is not real.
0: So what's he really saying? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing.
1: This one's a little uh, more queer cut. Okay. Being unable to take either in order to establish the other, we suspend judgment about both. Being unable to take either in order... Being unable to take... Either in order to establish the other, we suspend judgment about both.
0: Okay. So if one thing can't prove the other, and Wait. and that thing can't prove the first thing, then we, we can't judge either one of those things.
1: So if you need a given to prove something, and that given can't be verified,
0: right. then you suspend judgment on both? I think so. I think he's saying... I think this goes back to the... Which one was it? Uh... <laughs> Progress ad infinitum. All proofs require some further proof, and so on, inf- infinitely.
1: See, that's my favorite, like, piece of knowledge he's passing down. Because that I I I, un- I understand. It's kind of like if you go halfway to the wall for infinity, you'll never reach the wall. Because mm-hmm. yeah. everything's in half. Even at the smallest level, you can still break something in half. Right. So he's. I think he's saying the same thing. Where as soon as you reach a truth, some further truth is needed to maintain that truth
0: yeah i think this is why i'm such a faith guy i like yeah faith yeah so much because i mean like you said you just you can go the scientific route and you'll just never you never know anything right you know and and even by the time we're a hundred years old everything that we read in a science book is ridiculous and silly, ridiculous silly cartoon nonsense
1: yeah that's why I've always had a hard time with uh atheists mm-hmm. like I don't have a like i'm i would consider myself more agnostic hoping faith like i would love more faith but uh people that are like there's definitely no god i'm like you don't even know what dark matter is like it's it's i think it's less believable that there isn't a god does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah because people are like well how it's like
0: it's just as absurd as saying. It's just as absurd, if not more there absurd. Definitely is a god, and I know I know everything about him. Right, you know. Well, like, that's
1: that. Those are the people that give religion a bad name. The people that take everything literally.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to know anything a hundred percent. I don't, you know, being no. so positive. But then there's like, prove it, prove it, prove it. But you can't prove anything.
1: Well, the the funny thing about science is it disproves itself by because we're like flawed
0: we we're just toying around with science kits really Totally. like even the big scientists now at the rate at which it moves it's i mean not not that they shouldn't be doing it of course they should be right. doing it but i mean for it's, me it's
1: for a life extension disease curing you know knowledge transfer like that right. that's why i'm a big science supporter mm-hmm. but if you're trying to find the roots of life you're not ever going to cuz it's it's like what he talks about it's like it's it'll go for infinity right Because, you know, everyone was like, oh, the Big Bang proves. It's like, no. not. I mean, you can't even explain what banged, why it banged, Mm -hmm. how that's possible. Like, what's a singularity? It's like, oh, it's a singularity. It's like, explain a singularity. And they can't. It's like, oh, everything at one point. And you're like, I'm, I'm like, you know you don't understand that.
0: We don't even understand what things are for around us. Like, I was thinking about this yesterday. Like, the sky. Before the plane. Before the invention of the plane, you'd look at the sky and you'd be like... That's very nice that sky. Right. It doesn't really have a purpose in my life, but it's a nice thing to have the sky. Totally. Then the sky becomes the highway for us to get everywhere. Totally. It's the portal. Like you're like, oh this that sky can take me to England or, or China or something.
1: Yeah. This
0: the sky becomes the road. Right. It's like.
1: And for 99% of our existence, it was just the sky.
0: It was just the sky. And then all of a sudden, the sky was like, oh, this guy could take you anywhere.
1: It's so <laughs> funny talking the about sky the sky limit. because it sounds like you're saying this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this guy, and now this guy can take you anywhere. <laughs> it's like, which guy? It's like, oh, this guy. This guy. Yeah, like that guy <laughs> didn't have a role for like millennia. And then it's like, oh, that guy's fucking legit. <laughs> that guy. it's like which guy it's like no the sky it's like oh i thought there was a guy that could take me to china (laughs) imagine if a dude that's just really good at taking people places like no i'll get you but he didn't take
0: anyone anywhere for a very long long time
1: time. it's like no this guy isn't taking you for a while
0: (laughs) he's a really great guy great guy turns out (laughs) i
1: mean kind of crazy if he's drunk but he's a good guy
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs>
1: like, don't get too hammered with him, but, you know, he's good.
0: Yeah. All right. You want to read the last quote? Yeah,
1: yeah, The dogmatists begin from something which they do not establish, but claim to assume simply and without proof in virtue of a concession. He doesn't sound like a big fan of the dogmatists.
0: No. What were the dogmatists? Because it's like
1: an aggressive ellipse after. Like, it's an aggressive, like, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Like, the dogmatists
0: begin, you know, it's like... Yeah, yeah, an, yeah.
1: Okay, I don't know what a dogmatist is.
0: I'm guessing it has to do with with dogma, dogma. You know,
1: the dogmatist begins from something which they do not establish, but claim to assume simply and without proof in virtue of concession. I think that might even be referring to faith. It sounds yeah. like so to believe in a dogma, you begin from something which they don't, they can't prove, but then claim it's proof just because they've con- conceded.
0: So he's just, I think that's a right. knock on religion and everything. Totally. Saying, oh, what are they, they don't know what they're talking about. They just went with something, it's not proven, and they're like going forward with it anyway.
1: Right. And their proof is just that they believe it, which isn't a provable thing. Mm-hmm. But then my thing to him would be like, well, what have you proven?
0: you just proven that you can't prove anything. Right. Which doesn't get and you anywhere. you didn't anywhere. even prove it. Probably not enough people told him he was special.
1: Oh totally, he was not a boy with apple. He was a not a boy with apple. I don't have enough confidence to be a philosopher, because if someone brought century. up another point, I would like concede a lot.
0: Mm. Yeah, well that's good because you you you're skeptical. Yeah. Probably Agrippa was probably the same way.
1: But I feel like Agrippa had the narcissism to be like, no, these are the five rules. <laughs> I wouldn't have that. Someone would be like. But that one rule isn't right. I'd be like, ah, oh, that guy brings up a great point. Like I would be way too much. That's he a great stuck point, to guy. He's
0: like, nope, five. <laughs> That's, That's
1: they're good at branding. He catches on. Yeah. You know? He's like, this is what I am. I'm Agrippa the skeptic, and it's like, so if he ever had faith in something, he couldn't even tell people because he was really good at branding himself. Mm. He would have had a really depressing Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> like his Twitter would have been like, what is a character? Why 140 and everyone's like, just shut up, Agrippa.
0: Yeah, this guy, if he was still around now, he wouldn't make it.
1: I'd be like, get Agrippa. <laughs> like it would just be constant grip puns.
0: It'd be over for this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, this guy. Here's a question. you think Agrippa ever got into the magic land of REM? <laughs> Constantly.
1: I think that's a guy that was so well slept. That his confidence level was absurd, because <laughs> he was constantly just sleeping deeply, <laughs> or he didn't, because he was stayed up questioning shit all night.
0: Hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> so you you have your doubts.
1: I have so many doubts. <laughs> dude, philosophy makes you kind of spiral a little, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for doing the show. Oh, dude, it was a blast. Yeah, appreciate Fun. it. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. everybody that was our show I want to thank our guest Owen Benjamin I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in anybody who is owed a painting it is I know I've said this before but it really 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 is almost done I I I'm sorry it's taken me so long I do intend to have it finished copied and out into the mail uh, by the Jewish New Year which uh, gives me about 10 more days or so right by Rosh Hashanah you hopefully will have your painting uh, of Sidney Bechet in the mail on the way to you and it's not too late this would be your last chance if you want to get in on it make a donation of 30 dollars or more go to moderndayphilosophers.net and click the donate button boy oh boy it would be nice it would be nice to get some donations got a lot of dates coming up i'm going to be in new orleans i'm going to be in orlando if anybody wants to know more about that message me also i'll be in new york uh go to thecomicalatyahoo.com well you can't go to it but send me an email to comicalyahoo.com, and I'll send you links to get tickets to those shows also in November I'm going to record a second album in, uh, in Madrid and in Barcelona during the Barcelona Comedy Festival in Spain and you can come and see me there if you're in Spain I'm going to be doing a show in London I'm going to be doing a show in Holland it's pretty cool a lot of blessing coming my way. A lot of good shows. I'm very happy about that. And a lot of great podcast episodes coming up for you guys, and I will try very hard to get them out in a more timely manner. Uh, season 1 is available now on iTunes. If you want to get it, it's $9.99 for the whole season. It's, uh, you just go to Albums, and it's called Modern Day Philosophers. It's, I misnamed it. It doesn't say Season 1. It just says Modern Day Philosophers. But there is only one modern day philosophers for sale in the itunes store it's 9.99 and it's the complete first season of this show that's it that's all the selling that's all the telling of stuff i'm married i'm pretty happy and uh and i say pretty happy because i don't want to sound too happy because then people are going to say you know what he sounds too happy i don't trust it but i'm genuinely happy thank god nothing to complain about i am a happy man And, uh, I hope you guys are too. I hope things are going well for you. Let me know. Say hello. Leave a nice comment, a rating on iTunes. Five stars and a nice review goes a long way. And nobody's been doing it for a while, so that would really be cool if you could do that. Uh, Okay. That's it. Have a great week, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. Bye.